My guest today is a longtime friend. We share not only our friendship over all those years, but our first names. So without any further ado. Lance is here. Let's start off with, where were you born? Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, my father uh, was in the U.S. Air Force, and so working in the Pentagon. Is that right? Yeah. Was he an officer in the Air Force? Was yes, he, he was a, a pilot. A pilot? Yeah. What was he in the Pentagon for then? If you, <laughs> if the pilots don't usually <laughs> stay in the Pentagon, they're out there flying. No, they're, they have rotations. Okay. Uh, and um, so he spent uh, 23 years in the Air Force, uh, brought us to Japan uh, the way that I, I'm half Japanese. He came during the occupation. Is that and he met my mother, and my mother was actually, although she's 100% Japanese, was born in New York, along with her three sisters. Okay, now how many siblings do you have? Just a two. Sister. two. A brother and sister, both older but than me. They're both, I thought you were the oldest. No, no. And so how, how many years difference between you and the oldest? Uh, two and a half years. So, <laughs> so, so my sister is less than a year older than me. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. My God. That, she's what? also an October child. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How are your sister and brothers doing? They're doing fine. My brother is retired. My sister, I guess she's retired. Okay. Yeah. All right. So your mother and father, I know your father passed. Yes. How and my mother uh, passed also. Oh, she did? When did she About passed? 15 years ago. Was oh, that right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. But I didn't know either one of your parents. I mean, I met you, I was well into me, because when you took me to the Tokyo Club, I'll never forget that, when it was in the old location. Yes. And we had, there were two white guys sitting in the cafeteria, kind of like that. And I was doing the scanner business at the time, because I told you someday I want to join the Tokyo Club. And the two guys sat down and they said, so what do you do, young man? And I said, I'm a scanner business. Said, so who got you into that? <laughs> Straight off. I said, well, I told them the truth, how I got in. And they said, okay, that's all we need to know. But you've been a member, because your father was a member. Of, of the Tokyo Club? No. Oh, oh you did that uh, on your Jack own? Dinkins. Uh, sponsored me. Do you remember Jack? I, oh, he, he actually, we're at the Ameri uh, Tokyo American Club, he actually owned this property after the he, war. He was the one sitting, I was sitting at the table, he said that. Okay. He was, I met him at the table. Okay, yeah. And he said, I'm the one that owned it, and I gave it to something, so for this amount, you know, something is too low. He, he yeah. sold it for what he paid for it because he figured, well, they, they really pressured him. He loved this vista. Right. And, uh, and I think at that time he could actually see the, the Tokyo Bay, right? You, you, yeah, there was no, none right. of this. <laughs> but he was very bitter about the Tokyo American Club because they pressed him to sell it and he sold it for what he paid for it and he never bought another place. And so he saw the real estate prices soar and, you know, and, and they never gave him like a complimentary real, um, membership. He never joined because he was bitter. And so mm -hmm. um, what Jack is famous for is his first wife, Anne, uh, had the first Jewish deli in Japan. And they served, it was right near where um, the Boecho, okay. right next door. Is that right? Yeah, and you could get pastrami sandwiches. They would uh, import pastrami and corned beef from New York. And that's a whole story about trying to get that into Japan right, at okay. that time. And. Uh, uh, she was famous for cheesecakes, uh, but they ended up getting divorced, and he married a, a Japanese woman. Did he have any kids by the first one? Um, I don't know. Second. You don't know if he... 
Okay. Yeah. So, so tell me, so you grew up here. No, you said you were born in New York. No, I was born in uh, Virginia. In, that's right, Virginia. Yeah, that's I'm living in New York now. How long did you live in Virginia, do you know? Before I moved here? Yes. Uh, less you, than a year. Okay, so right. <laughs> and and then, then I came to Japan. My father was uh, transferred to Tachikawa, and um, that was 1953. What did he, what did he fly? It, back then, pilots flew everything. Oh, okay. When you were a pilot, just this yeah, is what you're going to be in today. Yeah, flew fighter jets, bombers, uh, yeah, transport planes. Okay. Um, it was, yeah, very different, right? Uh, What's the rank that he came out at? Uh, Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then he, after the 23 years in the Air Force, he joined Air America. Uh, if you're familiar with yes, that. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes. So uh, he lived in uh, Vientiane, Laos, while we were going to school here. And the reason why we weren't with him in Laos is there was nothing there, and. Right. Um, there was not even a school, and so we would have to do correspondence school. And my brother, sister, and I were just, you know, certainly me, were not disciplined enough to do something like that. <laughs> um, so we were here, and I attended St. Mary's. Only um, from elementary, I mean, from No, uh, that was later. Uh, we, we stayed for four years. We went back to Virginia for four years, Colorado Springs uh, for a year and a half. Then he was stationed in Korea, and during that time, uh, he wasn't allowed to have his family with him. So we lived in Tokyo, and he lived in uh, Korea. Your mom and dad stayed together the whole time? Uh, no. Uh, they got yeah. divorced. In fact, you're mentioning it right at the time when they started to have their problems. What uh, time was that? How old when, were you when we were separated. I was in uh, fifth and sixth grade at okay. St. Mary's. So you never got a chance to be close to your dad? I'm the closest of the three of us. Um, okay. My brother and sister seem to really favor my mother's position. Um, even though I was the most immature and still am, I thought that uh, when I looked at them, they didn't belong together. Okay. And so I thought, you know, they both deserve their happiness. Uh, my mother, uh, that's a whole other story, but uh, she had some resentment. Um, we, when we moved to Japan while he was in Korea, we lived with my aunt, who um, was with the U.S. Embassy working for National Science Foundation. No, your mother's sister? Your my mother's, mother's sister. sister, okay. Yeah. And I never understood why my aunt had something against my father. And the reason being, I learned much later, is that uh, my father met my aunt Yuki first. <laughs> And they started dating. This is your, this is your mother's older sister? S yes, older sister. Uh, she had three older sisters. She was the youngest of four. But um, she met my, uh, he met my Aunt Yuki. And after they dated a little bit, she decided, okay, I'm going to bring her, him back and meet my family. And so she brings her, uh, my dad to her family home, sees my mother. Younger, cuter, and he made a switcheroo, and so my aunt Yuki was always bitter about. <laughs> but at your father, what about your mother? What about her uh, sister? I mean, her sister. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about it. Okay, but, uh, right. th there but was always this uh, conflict, right, uh, because of that. Mm. I don't uh, think so. She felt uh, she was jilted, and 
Um, Did she ever get married? Never. And because my, um, my parents separated after uh, the Korea time when um, they, they were apart and my mom had uh, a year and a half of Yuki you know, talking to her, um, we were more brought up instead of with my father and mother, it was Yuki and my mother. So she stayed with you? Quite a bit, yeah. Okay. We moved back to Japan again later when my father joined Air America and Yuki lived with us. And my mother and Yuki lived together until they both passed in their 80s. Wow. Yeah. So they were the closest of the sisters? Yes. <coughs> what about the oldest sister? The oldest one, um, the other three didn't care for because she was the bossy. The, the no, there were four sisters. There were four sisters? Yeah. Your mother's the youngest of four. Yes. And then the next would be your aunt? Sheena. And then Yuki. Oh, and then, oh so Sheena's out. So what happened to Sheena? Aunt Sheena. Uh, she was living in Maryland. Okay. She married an American. Um, and so you have so cousins? Uh, yes, yes. Right. Same, yeah. Around the same age, maybe? Uh, yes. I have a, uh, a cousin who is one month younger than me. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he's the oldest of their three. And they're all spanned kind of like us, tightly. Right. Um, and we're close to them, somewhat. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you came and you, so you raised by your aunt and your mother. So yes, and like? I would see my dad uh, from time to time, uh, but we would get together in Hong Kong or um, uh, Bangkok. You mean this is after you became an adult? After no, you an adult? no, while I was at St. Mary's. Um, He'd sin for you or something? Or? Uh, my mother and father were still seeing each other uh, some, so we, would, uh, uh, we didn't want to go to Laos very often. I did that uh, a few times, uh, but there was nothing there. It, the, the country had two paved roads, one elevator, no telephones. Um, you know, it was very primitive. Yeah. And so uh, we would meet somewhere in between, or he would come to Japan. Um, we would meet in Hong Kong a lot, and we would meet in Bangkok. Mm -hmm. And Bangkok was mostly dirt roads back then in the 60s. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And um, after, uh, he was also in Udorn, Thailand, which is just across the Mekong River from uh, Vientiane. But he spent his last two and a half years of the war in Saigon wow. and was shuttling people out uh, during the evacuation. Right, 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 right. That's probably in the 70s, right? Early 70s? Yeah, that was 75. Right, because I came in at that time, yeah, 71. I was drafted, got the draft mm -hmm. notice. You missed all that. Well, I didn't miss it. Uh, I I just wasn't drafted. Okay, I was yeah. drafted. I got they didn't want me. Yeah, they wanted me. <laughs> I'll tell you. So tell me. So you've done a lot of different things in your life too. But what did you really focus on when you were in school? Were you a pretty good student? Or you weren't. You said you weren't a good student. Yeah. Uh, you know, I came to St. Mary's from uh, public education in in the U.S. Okay. And starting in fifth grade, uh, they were already um, had Latin for a year or two. I uh, know, uh, French. And uh, so I was behind on that, and the math was much more advanced. Um, after sixth grade, we went to the States for a year, and I didn't carry a book home at all didn't in need seventh to, grade. They were way behind I, you. I, yeah, everyone was behind me. Then in eighth grade, we moved back to Japan, <laughs> and I'm one year further behind, and they've started Latin as well as be, you know, being behind in French. <laughs> and so. I can remember bringing my report card home, and St. Mary's had this thing that was like, looking back, it was kind of torture. 
uh, five times a year we'd get our uh, report card and there would be a general assembly in the gym and everyone would line up the entire school and they would call out the top five from each class and you got to go up on the stage. Needless to say, I never got on the stage, <laughs> at least not for that. Um, and then the report cards, these yellow report cards would be set on the desk of the um, teacher. We all sat in the same room except for um, religion. The teacher just changed and we just stayed in the same place the whole time. And uh, sometime during the day, five times a year, the headmaster, in the case of elementary school or in high school, the high school principal would come in, grab the deck of um, report cards and read out everyone's grades in front of the entire class, starting with number one in the rank. And after a while, you're like, let me be the next one. <laughs> I, I can remember sitting there, right? <laughs> let me be the next one. And then at the end, it's kind of like uh, when you're um, at the airport and you're waiting for your luggage and you're saying, oh, let me, I hope I get my luggage first. Right. And then after a while, it's like, I hope my luggage made. Made, made it, right. <laughs> right. right. So anyway, uh, this one um, report card period, I take my report card home and my mom says, Lance, you're last in your class because it shows like 27, you know. People, and you're and, 27. And I, I, I wasn't 27, I was 26. I said, okay. no, mom, I'm next to last. And thank God for this guy, Dan, Donnie Gaddy, for holding out the, you know, the last spot. <laughs> and as the years went by, I slowly, you know, advanced. And so then I was in the middle of the pack and then I was somewhere between in senior year at the bottom of the top quartile or the uh, top of the third quartile kind of in there um, and St. Mary's was a, a great learning experience in, in so many ways um, a lot of memorization um, of facts that I never used again all schools were doing that right uh, but it was the discipline it was the um, uh, uh, camaraderie, That's right. you uh, still have the values uh, that are school. ingrained in you, uh, the, the friendships that exist even today. That's right. Um, I came back at this time uh, to visit Japan because the St. Mary's Carnival was last weekend. Wow. And so I wanted to go oh, there yeah, and, yeah. and I would see a bunch of friends. Uh, tomorrow, I'm seeing uh, three of my classmates. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it's... Yeah, you guys are really tight. Yeah, yeah. That's true. We knew, you know, we lived together, literally, right, right? right? The same person sitting next to me for a whole year, and then the following year, you know, we're all together again. That's right. And we knew everything about each other. Mm. Where'd you go to college? Um, I went to Boston College, and... Did you go straight out of high school? From yeah. St. Mary's and, to Boston? And um, because of my academic, you know, uh, shakiness, whatever, uh, I was uh, waitlisted at uh, Boston College to get in. And um, I did end up getting in, but when I got there, I decided, well, uh, I'd better work because I know I was the last person to be accepted, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm at the bottom of the, you know... The, the, the pool. You know, I should have done it for myself, but uh, the reason why I work so hard is that um, 
I didn't want to flunk out because I had a girlfriend at uh, ASIJ. She was a year behind me, and she was a really good student. She became a judge. I st I'm still in touch with her. And I was going to be embarrassed if I got if I flunked out. What is Denise going to say, right? And I would be so embarrassed in front of my girlfriend. And that's what drove me to actually got in the honors program. And, and, and so she, I actually saw her a couple of years ago, and I told her, I said, you're the reason why. But she never knew that. No. She knew, no okay, of course not. Of course not, yeah. You know, uh, and I was uh, afraid that I would have to come back as a failure. That's right, right, right. <laughs> so Lance, what did you graduate with? I mean, what did you? I studied economics and marketing as an undergraduate. Okay. Um, and then uh, I didn't know why I was doing it, but I was, I was applying to that. law school and business school. Um, and it was because all of the other people in the honors program were doing that too. I didn't necessarily have a lot of insight as a, uh, as a kid. I just kind of you know, bobbled along and whatever you know, came, came, and I would react. Mm -hmm. or Do you think not. that that played a big part in the way that you've lived your life up till yeah. now? Yeah. Because you've had uh, yeah, how many... Do you, I, have you ever counted how many businesses you've been involved in? Oh, right now I'm involved with a whole bunch, uh, too. <laughs> the, the thing is, you know, I, I'm, I've got these uh, conflicting um, character flaws. Uh, one is I'm fundamentally lazy. People don't think I'm lazy because I'm working all the time. But curiosity wins. And I'm, like, chasing shiny balls all the time and trying to, you know, and I see the possibilities, right? And so... <laughs> It, it, it gives me energy. Yeah, I'm like you, 70 so years old, right. and, and, and it's still that. going, right? And they say, it, yeah. yeah. And I see and I just, other people yeah. that um, were my classmates, and, you know, some of them are, uh, one of them had COPD and, and, you know, was in hospice. I, I was communicating with him, but, you know, he had become sedentary. Uh, same age? It, my classmate at St. Okay. Mary's. And okay. then, uh, at uh, some Boston College classmates, you know, they're, they're using walkers or wheelchairs and so forth, right? It's just like, my God. But don't yeah. you have to, every now and then, I'm, and it seems regularly throughout the month, tell yourself, I'm really 70? Yeah, yeah, I don't know does where the time like went. Really, yeah. Does it seem like we're 70, Lance? <laughs> it blows no, it my mind. I didn't, oh, by the way, my I didn't father died at 67, so, you know, I passed him, right? My father died at 72, so I have two more years. <laughs> I don't know. But I tell people I have another 20 to 30 years possibly. Yeah. I mean, in good health. Yeah. That's yeah. how I'm thinking about it. So it, it, uh, what I was going to say is uh, I applied to business school, and the reason for doing that is uh, my mom being like all Asian mothers wanting me to be a doctor. And obviously, I'm not a doctor, so it was one of the long list of disappointments that I. <laughs> what about your brother and sister who are closer to us? No, uh, but anyway, the, the 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 one insight that I had though at that time, which has helped guide me, is um, I realized that uh, if I had become a doctor or some other professional, um, I'm competitive, and so you want to be the best in any of those professions, you end up specializing. You might be the expert, world expert in some valve of the heart. And so what happens is you know more and more about less and less, and your community of contacts just yes. keeps shrinking the people who relate to you. I didn't think about that. In, right. in business, it's the opposite. So as you advance, you know less and less about more and more. 
And so that's why you know I'm jumping and doing all kinds of different things. It's because I realize my personality is I love to meet people. It energizes me. I love to do new things. I love to learn. And uh, business is the the place where you can do that because if you become the CEO, you've got manufacturing, you've got sales, you've got marketing, you know, uh, human resources, uh, you know, R&D, what, you know, everything uh, reporting to you. And that's so much more fun. That one insight uh, early on, uh, I thought, okay, well, you know, that's, that's me. <laughs> okay. To date, what do you consider to be your most profitable business that you've done? Oh, boy. Um, the, the one that probably had the highest ROI uh, was some restaurants that I invested in. How old were you when you did that? How old were Not you that long ago. You know, oh, this is 20, recent. Okay, so 25 yeah. years ago, okay. something like that. And um, the reason why they were successful is probably because I just stayed out of the way. It was an investment, and I you know, gave some guidance. I helped with some of the negotiations and buying the business and At so forth. At the beginning, forth. right. Yeah. We had a, a general manager. Somebody would uh, realize that I was owning it along with uh, uh, one or two other partners. Mm -hmm. And uh, people would come up to me, Lance, I want to tell you that this happened and I saw this. Uh, I said, well, you ought to tell Steve, the general manager. They said, well, aren't you the owner? I said, yeah, but, but I hold Steve accountable. So if I make a decision and hold Steve accountable, is that fair? And they shake their head and they're mm -hmm. like, it, so, you know, I'll tell Steve. <laughs> what was the first business you got into? Uh, after, well, uh, my job out of business school was uh, with McKinsey. Okay. And I worked in New York and then I transferred to the Tokyo office and worked with uh, the famous or infamous uh, Kenichi Omai. I didn't uh, know he's, he's, uh, was called Mr. Strategy at the time. Okay. Is he still around? Is he still around? Yes. Uh, in fact, I'm flying back to Japan in July because there's a 50th anniversary of uh, the opening of the McKinsey Tokyo office, and um, Ken is going to speak. How old is Ken now? He's probably about uh, 80 or late 70s. Okay. Um, has tremendous energy, just brilliant individual. Um, I've met a lot of smart people, but uh, he's got to be either number one or two. Right. Um, just extraordinary. How long did you stay with him? I, we worked nonstop together for about five years. Wow. Yeah. And what was your job with McKinsey? Um, I was a consultant. I was okay. managing projects. Okay. Um, the Tokyo office uh, had a two and a half year backlog, and so... Uh, it was kind of like being in a startup because uh, there was a lot to be done and um, I got to play the role of managing uh, relationships with clients, uh, things that uh, junior partners and larger offices didn't even do. Right, of course. And so, um, and I enjoyed that uh, because I just like people. Right. And um, I think I was good at uh, the relationship management. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I left McKinsey, I started an educational software company in Tokyo okay. in a joint venture with Sunda Yobiko, which is the big juku. Um, and now how did you meet them? How did you get into that? They 
um, they went to the American Chamber of Commerce and uh, were looking for somebody who could help them start a distance learning business because uh, in their initial research they realized that the U.S. was 20 or 30 years ahead of Japan. And the fact is that's still probably true. Um, the problem is that uh, the U.S. is not advancing in that uh, e-learning. Most e-learning is still boring and ineffective, and yet it's the solution uh, you know, that uh, we're going to have. That right now, we have the skills gap growing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in what, in what areas? Well, for example, autonomous <coughs> vehicles are going to put tens of millions of people out of work. Mm -hmm. uh, in the old days, when you would have the Industrial Revolution or whatever, those things happened over a decade or more. Mm -hmm. And so people would retire and you know, there would be just a natural attrition. In today's world, where technology is just accelerating and we have this uh, mismatch between the skills that the people have or don't have and the needs that uh, the new economy has. And so um, traditional education just doesn't work. It's too expensive. It's ineffective. You know, in a classroom, um, the teacher has to decide, are they going to um, uh, try to teach Howard Yamaguchi, who is one of the smartest kids, or are they going to try and teach Lance, right. who's the idiot, right? <laughs> or it, and most of them will pick somewhere in between, but they, they're always leaving out a maybe 70% right. of the people. And um, so good e-learning, though, is able to personalize to the individual. And uh, you can do it at your time, your pace, your way of learning. Every time that you interact with the program, it should say, okay, have you mastered this? If so, then we're going to bore you if we give you more of the same thing, so let's advance you. Are you not understanding at this level? We need to move you down to the basics so that you can have the foundation under which you can get to the next have level. Have you found a program that's good like that? Have yeah, I, I, it's, it's a passion project. I'm sitting on the board of a company. Well, that's what you're doing now. Well, it's one of the things. Uh, mm -hmm. my. Uh, major activity is um, uh, the CEO of a uh, company that does uh, procurement for the U.S. defense industry, major okay. defense contractors. Right. It's a very unique niche because um, most outsourcing of procurement goes to Philippines or Pakistan or India mm -hmm. or something. But uh, in the case of the defense industry, it has to be done by American citizens who have gone through security clearance. Right on American so soil. Doing, so you're talking about weaponry then? Building weapons. That's what it has to be, yeah. okay. Yeah. You and you have to have traceability. Right. You have to know where every component was made. You have to go all the way back to the raw materials, right? So there's a lot of compliance. So how'd you get, to that? How'd you get involved in that? Uh, you connected just meeting someone and that's well, business. Well, I was actually, um, 30 years ago, uh, was a founder uh, because we spun this business out of a research institute and they had been funded by DARPA, uh, Defense uh, uh, Agency. Then I went off to Hong Kong to start a, a company, and so I told my partners, you take my 10%. But I'm still friends with those guys. And so um, about five years ago, the company had 
some major events and they needed someone to come in and stabilize. So my former business partner, who is now 87, he was 82 at the time, uh, asked me if I could help out. And so I was doing that like two or three days a month and the business has done very well and so I think I can grow it even more. And um, so I'm spending more time on it. It's a, it's a small business. But is it based here in Asia? LA. Oh, it's in LA. It has to be in the US. It has to be in the US. Yeah. That's right, because all the countries. I live in New York, but the business is in LA. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic actually helped us a lot um, because before that, everyone had to come to this office and have to be plugged in. But when these defense contractors had to go remote, that allowed everyone, everyone had to everyone go everyone remote. remote. And right. It, uh, it allows our people to work from home. Okay, but do you have to be on secure service, of course, or something, yes? Yeah, there's a right. lot of security involved right. Right. in terms of how the systems are set up. That's interesting. Are yeah. you enjoying that? Yeah, I do. Um, the, the company is doing better than it ever has in its history, mm -hmm. but at 70, by, I'm the youngest board member. There's four board members. Everyone else is over 85. <laughs> <laughs> And they, they are so sharp. They're sharper than me. That, like, one of them was number uh, two globally in R&D for IBM. Another guy was major R&D guy. Um, and he used to run that uh, um, research institute where the um, technology was first developed. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's owned by USC. Mm -hmm. And then the third uh, was uh, vice chairman of um, uh, Bank of the West. And uh, he was chairman of the Bank of Hawaii or uh, Hawaiian Bank or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very prominent, very capable. I, you know, I, I don't want to say I hope that I am as sharp uh, as they are when I'm their age because they're sharper than me. <laughs> so I aspire to be sharper <laughs> when I'm in the late 80s. But these guys are just so brilliant, and you know, I, Do they talk I, about retirement? Uh, they they are retired. Uh, they're do, spending most of their time on um, not for profit, giving back. Mm -hmm. um, uh, very active in philanthropy. Right. Um, just extraordinary bunch of people, and that's why I do it. I enjoy uh, them, and for them, it's uh, you know they don't need this business, but they. Um, they do it for the people, they do it for national security, they do it for, you know, all right, good reasons. Right, yeah. um, but the business is nicely profitable. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is so beautiful. So that's what you're spending most of your time on now? Half, or is yeah, it? about half my time and then uh, the rest of my time is spread across six or eight uh, um, early stage or... Can uh, you talk about them? Sure. Each one? Okay, what are they? Um, well, one is this e-learning company, okay, uh, technology, right. uh, they're okay. in um, Minnesota. How long uh, have you been doing that, though? Well, learning. I've been uh, dabbling in it since the mid-80s when I had that <laughs> first startup. Right, right. And uh, it's the same people. What happened was, after I started the company with Sundai, uh, we started going, I started going to the U.S. with my team. And... Um, by the way, the, my chief technology officer was a black guy okay. from Tallahassee, Florida. For some reason, I think it, Dave, from, it was David from here. Brickler. He was from speaks. here, right? Yeah, I met him here. I think he I was doing fifth generation right. uh, um, uh, languages for uh, Fujitsu when I met him. 
just a brilliant guy. So he's guy. still doing it? He's still going? Uh, he's, he I'm still in touch with him. I saw okay. him. He's back in Florida. But he, um, when he was uh, 11 years old, his sister, um, she was 14, and she was taking uh, courses at um, Florida State University in computer sciences. And uh, the other students are really struggling. And she said, this stuff is so easy. I bet you my 11-year-old brother could ace this course. And so David, she brings David, and he aces the course, and he's just it's says, this stuff can... is so easy. My nine-year-old brother could ace this course. So they bring his, he brings his nine-year-old brother in to he Florida does. State and doing these tests. It was just amazing, right? And and they all went to Princeton and, yeah. you know, just a super it's brilliant family. It's interesting when you family. meet people that are wired like that. Yeah. It's so interesting. Uh, That's why so, the Mensa, you know, the Mensa. Yeah. When you meet people that are that qualified, I've met a couple of people like that. When he was 11 or 12, he became a vegetarian. He started uh, studying uh, all the Chinese philosophers. And so when he got to Princeton, he had this stack of books from Chinese philosophers. And he, he said, I want to be able to read these in Chinese, right? So he studied computer sciences and Chinese. And uh, so he can speak, read, write uh, Mandarin. And uh, same with Japanese. Uh, just a really super bright guy. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, I met people like that before. So that's the second project. What's the next? What else are you working on? Um, there's a, a company that does um, Solid, it's developing solid-state EV batteries. Uh, they became a unicorn uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, Which the, is? It's called um, uh, Factorial Energy. Okay, but what's the unicorn? Oh, unicorn, uh, they became worth over a billion dollars. Okay, that becomes, okay. Yeah, um, mm. it, with the investment from uh, Mercedes and Stellantis. Stellantis is the old uh, Fiat Chrysler and Renault combined. And they also are backed by Hyundai and Kia. So what are you doing with them? I'm advising the CEO. Okay. Um, she's a first-time CEO. Um, I was brought in by uh, the chairman, who is my former client. He was the chairman and CEO of Panasonic North America. And so um, he asked me if I could help the company, and I've been doing some advising for them. Okay. Next. Um, there's uh, another client. Uh, he used to so run. So basically, you're advising companies. That's what you're doing the most. But yeah. you have about six that are under your belt right now. And you're invested in how many? Two of them? Uh, yeah, Two? three or four, maybe. Three or four yeah. Members. Okay. Uh, another Thanks. one is um, uh, uh, cybersecurity. Um, and the founder was my former client. He used to run over half of Bell Labs because he ran all of the. Uh, mobile technologies, you know, they invented the cell phone. After 9-11, uh, he started this company with a bunch of ex-Bell uh, Lab guys uh, because he wanted to help with national security. And um, they've got this incredible portfolio of uh, 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 technology that they've developed. Um, mm. But they're engineers, they're not salespeople. And so, uh, I just advise them. Uh, get their product out there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, mostly, they're talking to uh, U.S. Uh, letter agencies and uh, Defense Department. And then uh, another one is a um, 
contact management, contact as a service. the CEO is someone who I sat on the board of a earlier company of his. Very interesting guy, brilliant. Uh, uh, he was um, born in Lebanon and um, was on the uh, National Olympic Judo team. Uh, went to McGill to get his PhD in computer sciences and became the um, captain of the uh, Canadian uh, Judo team. And just a very hardworking, very bright, uh, capable guy. Mm. So I, I could spend an hour talking to talking about you know he's an, just an extraordinary guy. So um, ADHD, right? So I, if I go to his apartment, everything is like perfect. If mm. I open his closet, everything is. So like, he's obviously single. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I open up any drawer. Everything is lined up, color coded. It, it's just extraordinary, right? Sounds you like could eat, eat sons, yeah. out of his toilet. Right, right, right. It's just amazing. Everything in his home. And so uh, when I go to his house, I'll like move a chair a little bit just like this, right? <laughs> <You're doing that. laughs> yeah. And I'll just like move some things around, right? And he walks in, and he like scans the room, and he goes over and he adjusts yeah. a chair, you know? <laughs> I've always had a, a, a good memory uh, until now. And so I developed uh, terrible habits because I'm one of those people who will just have like piles of paper. And historically, I always knew, you know, okay, well, exactly it's, where it is. Like, it's midway. Yeah, right, I pull it, right. <laughs> and, and, and I knew where everything was. Now I probably spend 15% of my time looking for stuff. Because so, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I, I was able, by having a good memory, I was able to be disorganized. I see, right. Because my mind could just, Right. Yeah. Well, you knew when you placed it there. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. Say, I know what that is. Yeah. Just, but now, yeah. as you as I get older, you need a filing system. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I don't have those good habits of you know mm-hmm. keeping things in the right place. Mm-hmm. And um, we also are dealing with a multiple in terms of the amount of information data that uh, we have to keep track. Isn't of. that the truth? Well, the yeah. other thing is that we get a lot of stuff that. Doesn't really matter because people just add us to the distribution that's list right, of an email, true. right? That's true. And true. then they're communicating back and forth, and it's just like, you know, I'm not going to read all this stuff, right? <laughs> um, and then uh, I spend probably a quarter of my time on various not for profit. I'm very active with the Harvard uh, um, alumni community. Why Harvard? Uh, Harvard Business School. I know, but why? Oh. Um, <laughs> I somehow got sucked in. Okay, and, I was, uh, you didn't I've been go doing to Harvard, that for so, no. Yeah. I did. I, I went to Harvard. Business oh, I didn't school. know you went to Harvard yeah, Business School. Yeah, so, I, I, you I, know, the thing is that it, it, now you have no respect for Harvard Business School because. But I used <laughs> to. Really but I used to take the. I used to get that as well. Yeah. But I didn't go to Harvard, and I uh-huh. know a lot of people that do the same, because no. it's a very good journal, Harvard Business yeah, School. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. No, I'm on the I'm on the Harvard. board of uh, two Harvard Business School organizations. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but didn't Reginald Lewis donate something to Harvard Business School? Didn't he one of their buildings? Possibly. You remember, you remember uh, I know who Lewis? he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Beatrice Foods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Right. Um, but most people don't know who he is. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, I'm quite active with the U.S. Japan Council, which I think right. you should join. Okay. A wonderful organization. Mm. Uh, really. Um, uh, noble cause in terms of uh, the U.S.-Japan relationship, both government and business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think they're doing very tangible contributions, very meaningful 
uh, work. And so I'm quite passionate about uh, supporting them. Mm. And the other thing is that so many of my friends growing up, like Ernie Higa and right. Paul Yonamine and you know others, uh, Fred Katayama, uh, are actively involved uh, also. Right? Yes, okay. and so it's like a reunion every time that there's an event. That's nice. You know, like last night, there was an event, and yes, I, know. I, I didn't know Paul was here, but he showed up, and wow. um, yeah. So it's a wonderful uh, that's nice, that's nice. organization. Lance, before I, is there anything else that you want to talk about necessarily? Okay, because I didn't ask you about your marriage or anything like that. You don't want to talk. No, about I'm, I'm fine. You have kids. Um, yeah, I have a, a daughter and a stepdaughter. Um, How old uh, is your daughter? Both are twenty-six. They're okay. four months apart. Okay. Um, so I'm married to um, someone who deserves sainthood. Uh, and she is just so perfect for me um, because she tolerates me. She's half Japanese. We have all these friends in common. We have all these uh, likes and dislikes in common. Um, we met back in uh, November of 1976. I was a first year student at Harvard Business School and she was a sophomore in college, um, five years younger. and. Um, so cute. She had been a model, and uh, um, she wanted nothing to do with me. I was like radioactive, right? And then uh, about uh, 15 years ago, uh, she sent me a friend request on Facebook, and I happened to be flying from California to New York, where she lived. I land, I turn on my phone, and I have this friend request. And so I said, oh, great. And so we had dinner that night, and We've been together ever since. ever since. Yeah. You married her soon after that? Uh, the the um, next day, I uh, it was just the two of us, and we're having drinks, and I said, uh, oh, I was interested in you, right? And she goes, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, kind of cynical about, you know, right. what a line, right? And then uh, I said, uh, well, how would you like to have a relationship? And she goes, mm, yeah, okay. And I said, but uh, long-distance relationships generally don't work. I'm in California, and I have joint custody of my daughter, so you would have to move to California. And uh, she goes, okay, um, I have 100% custody of my daughter. It's okay. And I said, okay, well, let's see how this goes. That was October. It was October 27th. Um, and I said, uh, by the summer, we'll know how this relationship gestates. If it's working, you'll move to California, we'll mm -hmm. get married, and you know, that's it. And that was the second date, actually our first date, sort right. of. Right. And um, it's been better than, for both of us than we expected. You know, like every relationship, it's not perfect, um, but it's about as perfect as we could expect. And every day, uh, several times a day, I go in and I kiss her because I just know how blessed I am with this relationship. And our daughters are both only child, uh, an only child, and they always wanted to have a brother or sister. Yeah. And at 13, they got together and they love each other so much. They grew up, you know, going through their teen years together. They are so different, um, but uh, just they're, they're true sisters. 
And so it's, uh, as older parents, because I was 45 when my daughter was born, and um, Jessie was 40, uh, her mother died when uh, her mother was 60. Mm. Uh, she was 40 when Jessie was born. Her father was 60 when she was born. And um, uh, so, and she was an only child. So she is very sensitive about being left without any family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we know that our daughters have each other. Right. So that's, that's a real blessing. That's and both of them love Japan. Um, they love each other. And oh, so they, well, they're not here, though. You're not no, they here. both live in uh, near us in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, and people say, "Well, do you see mm. much of you know uh, the girls?" And I say, "Well, maybe once every you know three weeks or something. Um, so not very often." And then if you ask the girls, "Do you see your dad uh, very often?" I see him all the time. I see him like every three weeks. <laughs> So it's just a perspective, right? It is, it is. <laughs> yeah. Different perspective, right. Before I end, there's always a question I like to ask. Knowing what you know now, being on this planet for 70 years and having been through all these businesses, which you're still involved with many of them and still consulting so many, if you could go back in time and meet the younger Lance to give him advice, how old would he be and what advice would you give him? Wow. I've made so many mistakes, but that's just part of the journey, right? Uh, as long as you learn from them. As uh, So you were uh, in sports. Um, I did uh, wrestling, uh, not sumo, but uh, in high school and then in college. And it's about uh, determination. It's about getting up and fighting again and, you know, and having um, respect and so forth. So it's about learning and keeping going. So I don't know, I, you know, despite all, I've made more mistakes than probably any person on this planet because I've been blessed by being able to be reckless and do so many things. Um, so I'm not sure I would change too much because uh, although there weren't, things weren't right all the time. Uh, I'm now at a place where I'm so fortunate and so blessed, and I'm blessed by all those, the scar tissue that I have. Um, I'm blessed by my family that uh, accepts me despite my quirkiness and, you know, uh, difficult personality at times. Um, I'm blessed by friends who I've known for 50, 60 years. Uh, yeah, you can't take, it, many people will measure your success based on uh, how much money you have in the bank, and I, I'm just not wired that way. Uh, I'm blessed by having so many true friends. Um, there's a, a, one of my classmates who, um, came to me for financial help because uh, uh, you know, his wife had had cancer and then the pandemic and so forth, right? And um, I said to him, thank you for coming to me because I know how hard that must have been for you. 
right? And that wasn't what he was expecting. Of course. But if we can help others and we have the capacity to help others, uh, especially at 70, that's what we should be doing, right? So um, I don't try to judge people. Uh, everyone has their own measures, their, but I can give them some guideposts. Um, it's funny, last night I was with this very successful uh, Japanese uh, entrepreneur and he asked me if I uh, could meet his son in New York. And the son grew up in, uh, in the US, uh, both parents Japanese, but he doesn't speak Japanese. And I said, my biggest regret is not being able to speak Japanese as well as I, I could. And it's gotten worse over the years because I haven't been using it. And I said, you have to do that. And so he's now applying to Waseda. He told his parents they're in shock because they've been asking him for years to study Japanese, right? And so the father said, you know, I've been telling him. And I said, yeah, but you're his father. He's not going right. to listen to you, that's right? Uh, you know, it, it, for me, uh, you know, I, I have no bone to pick or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he seems to, to listen. And um, so that made me feel so great that because uh, at home no one listens to me right because I'm the dad right <laughs> so I have to talk to other people's kids I, I, I talk to another friend's uh, uh, son also and I think okay well you know these kids actually listen to me because <laughs> they don't know what an idiot I am <laughs> and I want to thank you for this man this is fantastic I yeah thank you uh, thank you for your friendship for no, I mean, what is it 40 continue. years or it's something it's going to continue it's yeah continue. hopefully it'll continue and hopefully yeah, it's going to be interesting hopefully we won't be in diapers tell me about <laughs> it I don't want to oh man I think about it in Japan right now happens to be the the biggest seller of adult diapers in the wow. world wow you didn't know that Jim? no I didn't it's Japan well I can imagine uh, certainly on a per capita basis right. it would it be is, yeah. it is it is because of the aging population yeah mm. yeah uh yeah, I'm going to move like this so you don't hear the crinkle, right? You, tell me you can tell that uh, I'm not wearing anything plastic <laughs> underneath. <laughs> I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed.